Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Hello, and thank you for checking out the podcast. Please rate the podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast. And now, the podcast. Head over to Luxton School quickly here. Robert Schultz, a teacher at Luxton School, uh, joins us on the phone here now. Hi, Robert. Good afternoon, Hal. How are you doing today? I'm excellent. So over at Luxton School, you've got the kids doing what on Valentine's Day on Thursday? Well, we're recognizing the anniversary of the assault on the transit driver, and our students are writing letters of empathy to all of the current transit drivers to let them know we care and support them as neighbors in our school community. And this works into the curriculum for the kids right now, too, right? Oh, that's correct. Right now, the focus at Luxton School is empathy and sharing feelings. And this is a perfect teaching opportunity for us to, to reach out to our neighbors with letters of empathy and get the kids thinking about our school community. Now, you and I talked last year at this time. You did something similar for transit drivers. Why the connection with Luxton School? Well, we had some transit drivers who were parents at Luxton School, and we could see it on the student faces that the issue was prominent in our school hallways. And it all started with that simple seed. And that's what Luxton is about, is reaching out to our local community. And you're close to one of the transit facilities there too, right? Oh, they're right in our school neighborhood across the street. So uh, uh, actually on Thursday, we'll be on bus stops by the bus barn and we'll be boarding buses and talking to passengers about uh, sharing their gratitude with their transit drivers, not only on Valentine's Day, but every day. And you've got the students doing this, but you want Winnipeggers to get involved too. That's where we want CGOB's help, pal. We would like the city of Winnipeg, when you get on your morning transit bus, to say thank you to your bus driver and show some gratitude for getting you to work on time, getting you to school on time, and especially this winter with all the difficult driving conditions, uh, to show our gratitude for the good job they do every day. Hey, Robert, great job at Luxton there with the kids, and I'll get the word out for you. Thank you so much, Hal, and I want to say thank you to all our sponsors on Main Street who have cooked up a storm. We have everything from pierogies, pizza, donuts, coffee, all going to the bus barn to make our bus drivers feel special on this day. Hey, go ahead. Mention some of the sponsors. Mike at Santa Lucia, Rob at Pierogi Planet, uh, Trevor and Paul at Presto Pizza, Larry at Pizza Land, Georgia at Superboys, uh, Casey at No Frills, Chris at Sobeys, and Chris at Salisbury House. Also, Gene at Tim Hortons, Hal, the list goes on and on. Shannon at Giant Tiger as well. Great community partners. Robert, thanks a lot. Thank you so much, Hal. Have a great day, Winnipeg. Robert Schultz at Luxton School, kind of a transit driver appreciation day on thursday it's also valentine's day the students at luxton are getting involved and uh mr schultz teacher at luxton mr schultz call him mr schultz would like you as winnipeggers when you hop on the bus on thursday to thank the transit driver for all that they do i think it's a great idea and good on all those businesses on main street there including might i point out santa lucia pizza huh Mike and Santa Lucia, uh, good on you for helping the kids uh, with this special day. I think it's a it's a great idea. So um, I told you earlier that uh, when the new news was on, uh, Jeff Courier gets a few extra minutes, and so him and I are roomies in the newsroom. We got uh, our workstations and computers are right next to each other. So when Jeff came out, I wanted to get his thoughts on the resignation this morning of Judy Wilson 
Raybould, and this is going to make for interesting, the questioning already of the Prime Minister in Winnipeg today for a, a transit funding announcement was going to be interesting, but now it's going to be really interesting because uh, Wilson Raybould has resigned. And so I sat down for a couple minutes and chatted about this situation with CJOB's Jeff Courier. So Jeff, what do you make of the resignation of Wilson Raybould? Well, this is the latest uh, shoe to drop, and it, it's sort of an octopus worth of shoes on this one, it yeah. seems. There's a lot of shoes dropping, but it does uh, suggest the possibility that she wants to be able to speak publicly about any conversation she might have had last fall with the Prime Minister or anyone in the Prime Minister's office over the SNC-Lavalin story. It, it suggests to me that she, she wants to talk. I know you talked to Chris Adams at the University of Manitoba, political scientist, on your show. What did he say? Would she be able to speak on this, or, or would she be uh, uh, withheld from doing that? Well, it depends on where the conversations were. If if she was in cabinet, there's cabinet confidentiality, and so those conversations would be uh, absolutely locked and sealed. They're in the vault. But if there were conversations between her and the Prime Minister or anyone in the Prime Minister's office, then there's the possibility that she might be able to speak to those. Tori's obviously here smelling blood oh, even yeah. more so now. Are you smelling any blood in the water, Jeff? Well, it, it's, it looks more and more suspicious. We have to be careful about how much we read into this. Bear in mind that this is all coming from one story in the Globe and Mail last Thursday. There's been no corroboration of it. Uh, the Prime Minister has denied any sort of wrongdoing or any political interference. He's welcoming an investigation. Right. Yep, the uh, the ethics commissioner is going to take a look at it. It could turn out to be a whole lot about not very much, or on the other hand, it could turn out to be the story of the year. But again, it's right now that in the short term, what this story really is is the mismanagement of the message from the government. Yeah. And if there's no there there, I would imagine Justin Trudeau wants to clear that up quickly because, listen, this is an election year and something like this can fester and grow. And we've seen less bring down governments. Yeah, that's it's true, Hal, that uh, that something like this can drag on. And, and the problem was, even if even if this all turns out to be about not very much and there's, let's say there wasn't any political interference, let's just suggest that the, the Globe story was incorrect just for the sake of argument. Even if that happens, the smell of this story is going to linger. That there's this, this suspicion that something untoward happened, uh, that, that the ethics in the prime minister's office or at the upper echelons of our government aren't what they should be. Even if everything is cleared up, the, the suggestion is out there and the mismanagement of the message on the part of the liberal government has, has been so obvious on this story that this one might stick to them. Well, and this isn't the first time there's been a stink at that level of this government, right? Oh, no, absolutely not. You know, the Prime Minister's trip to the Aga Khan's island and uh, Bill Morneau forgetting that he owned a villa. Somewhere that, that's, a, that's a pretty neat trek. I mean, there have yeah. been a few pretty shady suggestions about uh, goings-on with this government, which was supposed to be a whole new level. You know, we weren't going to be like the old guys. Of course, everybody promises that. But we were going to do business differently. We were going to be transparent. We were going to be all on the up and up. But it hasn't turned out like that. And maybe nothing illegal happened, but politically, even though laws weren't broken, there might be enough there to really affect this government. Yeah, I think so, Hal. That, that's the big story. Whether or not this turns out to be uh, a story of political interference with uh, with the then minister, the, the optics are so bad that I don't think that this can but help uh, the opposition. It can't help but stick to this government, at least to some extent. How many votes it may cost them? 
Who knows? Because the election's still several months away. Yeah. Thanks, Jeff. You bet. OB. Hal Anderson on 680 CJOB. There he is, Bob Irving, uh, fresh from three hours on Facebook talking CFL free agency. I didn't have your microphone on when you were commenting there. What do you got? Some place to be? You're checking your clock. What's No, your but watch? don't you find in the broadcast business, you're yeah. always looking at the well, time? Yeah. yeah, always. Always. Yeah. Uh, people say to me, well, how do you know? You always know what time it is. Yeah. I said, well, our world revolves around what time it is. Time, temperature, something else usually I got a pretty <laughs> yeah. good handle on. I'm on the Weather Channel all the yeah. time <laughs> looking yeah. at the temperature. Hey, a great job. Christian O'Mell sort of led things over there, but you had, boy, you had a bunch of people in there. Doug yeah. Brown, you talking CFL free agency. I wanted to have you in here to kind of put a bow on things. Uh, Mike Riley to BC, yeah. four-year, $2.9 million deal. Is this a CFL, Bob? Well, it's the highest salary that I can recall, although I shouldn't. I should stop and say that a, a number of years ago, Doug Flutie was given a, a deal for about a million a year, and he always said he never got paid all the money. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's big money, the biggest we've seen in a long time. Uh, Mike Riley, of course, uh, the rumors were that he was going to wind up leaving Edmonton and going to B.C. because yeah. he started his career in B.C. His family lives in Seattle, which is about a three- or four-hour drive, so it all added up for him. Ed Hervey, the GM out there, is the guy who brought it, brought him to Edmonton in the first place. Mm. So he leaves Edmonton, signs with the Lions as we expected. Uh, BC very busy today. Another one of the players they signed was Suk Chung from the Bomber offensive line. Yep. He's gone out there. The Bombers lost to Ivan Santos Knox to Edmonton. Uh, he signed a, only a one-year deal with them. I thought it was two, but it's only a one-year deal. And we expect Taylor Loeffler, the bomber safety, to wind up elsewhere as well. Now, the Eskimos rebounded very nicely from losing Riley. They signed Trevor Harris, who was a quarterback in Ottawa, led them to the Grey Cup last year. And they signed Greg Ellingson, one of the top receivers in the league, who was with Ottawa. He followed Harris to Edmonton. Ellingson was a player of the Bombers, were interested in, uh, and I would say they were in the race for his services. The Bombers also have an interest in Willie Jefferson, the big defensive end who played for Saskatchewan the last couple of years. He hasn't signed with anybody yet, so how that's going to shake down, I don't know. So the only player the Bombers have signed and this came last night, was Brandon Alexander, defensive back, very good player, and a player they very much wanted back. So they got him done, uh, but they have not yet re-signed any of their other free agents or any other free agents that we know of. So, um, and nobody has signed any of the Bomber free agents either, right? Well, Suk Chung has yeah. gone, has and, gone and, to and, BC uh, and Santos Knox yeah. to Edmonton, yeah. yeah. Uh, other than that, uh, there would be, what, how many Bombers uh, still available then? Well, Nick Dembski's still out there. Um, Taylor Loeffler, although we don't expect him yeah. to be back. Is Kevin Fogg is still out there. Drake right. Nevis and Tristan Opelugo, Western Dressler. Nothing will happen with him, I don't think, uh, for a few days. The Bombers would like to bring Dressler back, uh, but they want to see how everything else shakes down yeah. before they move into that area. The, the teams making the biggest noise were BC and Edmonton. And now, Hal, we're all waiting to see what happens with Bo Levi Mitchell. No kidding. The quarterback in Calgary. Uh, there was an expectation in Calgary that he would re-sign formally with the Stamps right at 11 o'clock, which was the start of free agency. But Toronto and Saskatchewan have both entered the picture and apparently have made Bo Levi big, big offers, as has Calgary. So will he stay in Calgary? Move over to Saskatchewan, and wouldn't that be something if he Gee. went there? Or go to Toronto and try to, you know, play the role of turning that thing around down there. That, that to me, would be a big surprise. So I think he'll still stay in Calgary. But the fact he hasn't re-signed with the Stamps 
by now makes you wonder. That would be worrisome if you're... Uh, oh, here comes Christian Amell. Have you got oh, some breaking, breaking news, news, sir? I'm seeing on Twitter, you guys were just talking about it, but Levi Mitchell is going to stay with he the Calgary He is staying with the Stamps. Okay. He will stay with the Stamps. Wow. Yeah, that's all I got, sorry. No, okay. no that's good. Thanks, that's, Christian. Uh, well, that's, that's the way I expected it to go. But again, when it dragged on for a couple yeah. hours, you thought maybe he was being enticed to go elsewhere. But he's got a lot going on off the field in Calgary. He's had great success there. He's settled yeah. in Calgary. He's, well, he's you know family. what you got, eh? You know what you got. Yeah. So why would you leave that? And so he's staying in Calgary, which is great news for the Stampeders and their fans. Yeah. So uh, we haven't heard a number what kind of money uh, he'll be making. Uh, we talked about what Riley's going to make. And uh, do we know what Trevor Harris is getting five fifty, five hundred fifty thousand. So Bo would be he'd be close to seven, yeah, maybe six six fifty. I don't know. He should whatever Riley gets, he should get as much in my opinion, and I'm sure he feels that way too. Although he may have said, "Well, what you know, I can live on six fifty. Uh, it'll be somewhere in that ballpark." And so, what about the other quarterbacks in the league now? They see numbers like this. They have a couple of good seasons. They're going to want to load up on the cash too, right? Yeah, of course. But these guys, uh, I mean, Riley and Bo have both been named out standing player in the league. They've won the Grey Cup. Uh, You know, they've reached heights that uh, not any other quarterbacks have reached that Mm -hmm. I can think of. Uh, So I I think you have to achieve what these guys have achieved before you can expect that that amount of money. The team that really got hurt today was Ottawa. They lost their quarterback. They lost their top receiver. They lost their best offensive lineman. Uh, They've really been hurt. And now the question is, what do Saskatchewan and Ottawa and Toronto do it quarterback. Right. Jonathan Jennings is still out there, but uh, boy, there's not a, there are no other marquee quarterbacks out there anymore. Yeah, and I'm curious to know, and maybe you maybe you know Bob, maybe you don't. Um, Mike Riley left Edmonton, went to BC, and Trevor Harris goes from Ottawa to Edmonton. Do you think Edmonton let Riley go knowing they wanted Harris, or would they no. rather have kept Riley? They would rather have kept Riley. They offered him exactly the same money as BC did, but Riley's home is in Seattle. Yeah. His wife is apparently is from the West Coast. That's where he started his career. Uh-huh. The GM in BC is Ed Hervey, who's the guy who brought Riley to Edmonton when Ed was in Edmonton. So, uh, no, the, the Eskimos would have preferred to keep Mike Riley. But when they knew he was going to leave, they moved very quickly sure. and went and got Trevor Harris yeah. and stole him out of Ottawa. Mm-hmm. And how Ottawa let him go... Uh, the GM of the Red Blacks has got some explaining to do there about how he let Trevor Harris get away. Yeah. Because uh, that's a player they they couldn't afford to lose. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dominic Davis is now the only quarterback Ottawa has, a former bomber. Dom Davis, the backup last year there, is the only quarterback they have. Now, they'll they'll sign another one. Maybe Zach Kolaris, Kevin uh, Glenn. Kevin Glenn, who will be 40 next year, is going to wind up with somebody. Yeah. So, <laughs> Right. And, and Jeff Courier talked about this uh, at the end of his show, right? Uh it's hard to get a good marquee quarterback, yep. and that's why they're going for big bucks like this, right? The league is is in dire need of quarterbacks. When you've got one, a proven commodity, yeah. you don't want to let him go. Mm. And Edmonton lost Riley. Uh, they brought Trevor Harris, but then Ottawa lost Harris. Calgary kept Bo Levi. The Bombers have Matt Nichols and Chris Streveler, so they're in good shape at that position. But yeah, uh, if you quarterbacks are... They're the most highest-paid players in, in yeah. football in any league, always have been, always will be, because they're the most important players. Yeah. So what does that do? The math, you've probably done the math already. Mike Riley, $2.9 million for four years. What is that, Seven fifty something like that? Uh, just over 700 a year. Wow, yeah. that's a lot of money. It is, and it's great. I, I think it's great, Hal, to see the players in the CFL 
who I think have always been a little bit underpaid. They're mm. paid based on what the league can afford. Yeah. But this is wonderful to see them get the kind of money uh, like this because these are great players. Mike Riley's a great player. He mm. really is. Uh, Bo Levi's a great player. He could play in the NFL in the, in the right situation if somebody yeah. gave him a shot. Uh, so it's, I think it's good. And it creates conversation. And I think some of the people out there see money as credibility. Mm. You know, and the more money that athletes are getting, yeah. the more credible their league and game is. I don't mm. necessarily agree with that. Yeah. But, so I think for the CFL, it's good to see these kinds of numbers. Yeah. Well, and as you mentioned, a couple of leagues starting up in the States, right? So, I mean, you know, all the all the players become uh, more important, more valuable. Yeah. You've got you to protect your assets. I guess, you know, some people moving around, obviously, Riley to BC and, and Harris moves uh, from Ottawa to Edmonton. But really... The Bombers overall aren't impacted big time by what's happened so far today. No, the main player they lost, in my view, Suk Chung is a good offensive lineman. They yeah. have depth there. Uh, Santos Knox, the linebackers, a really good player mm. that they wanted to keep. Yeah. Uh, couldn't. But you're not going to keep them all. This is the, the thing about free agency. You'll re-sign. And they signed Big Hill a few weeks ago, which yeah. was a big one. He was headed for free agency, and they were able to keep him. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not going to keep them all. As long as you don't lose too many, then you're in good shape. And the Bombers were the best positioned of any team, Hal, going into free agency in terms of the players they had held over from last year. Mm-hmm. So even though they haven't done a lot today, they were in pretty good shape going in. Yeah. Bob, thanks a lot. How's the off-season going? Here you are it's working, but it's the off-season. Yeah, good? this is very fatiguing, Hal. I think I need to go home and <laughs> lie down You need to go home and have a couch. nap. Holy dynamite. You go home, have a banana daiquiri, <laughs> watch Young and Restless, and I'll talk to you soon, okay? <laughs> All right. There he goes. Bob Irving. Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.